Hello and welcome to the Clinical Audit and Improvement Podcast from AMAT, the audit management and tracking tool which is developed in partnership with our users. My name is Dom Conlon and in this episode I'm going to be learning about hematuria and how clinical audit and quality improvement can be used to make a difference there. I've got three guests with me today, so apologies in advance for the rather truncated biographies. Welcome first to Mr. Ahmed Arnab, who's a urologist at Kettering General Hospital. He's due to start specialty training from October 2023, and he's designed, implemented, and carried out multiple quality improvement initiatives, as well as presenting multiple audits and QIPs in local, national, and international settings. I'm also really pleased to meet Mr. Mohammed Rahman, who's a urology a registrar working in West Hertfordshire Teaching Hospitals NHS Trust. Mohammed has also been involved in multiple audits and quality improvement projects and is well used to presenting those at his trust. And finally, welcome to Mr. Mohammed Hassan, another urologist registrar. And it won't come as any surprise that he's also got a great deal of experience in quality improvement projects. And Mr. Mohammed is from St. George's University Hospitals NHS Foundation Trust. So welcome to you all and thanks for giving up your time. It's absolutely incredible. I know how, how crazy busy you all are. Uh, so it's really different sort of episode for me, this. Um, and I'm excited to see where it'll go. I'm very nervous as well. I've, I don't mind admitting. So we've never focused entirely on one clinical area in the way we're going to do today. So I thought perhaps the best place to start would be to define exactly what hematuria is? Can one of you help me out? Hematuria is a very common um, problem, uh, uh, like in, in, in urological entity, and it's 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 one of the concerning problem for for urologists and uh, our patients who start from urology firm. So it means the presence of blood uh, in your urine. Okay, and, and it's a, it, is, it is the manifestation of symptoms uh, of underlying many disease. We uh, it, we divide it in two types, like it's microscopic hematuria, uh, uh, which you can't see uh, in your eye, and, uh, and another one is uh, we call the macroscopic or visible or gross hematuria, which, which you can see. So this is the two types of hematuria we, we deal uh, from a urological form. Uh, and the main uh, concerning features with hematuria is uh, this is uh, one of the main uh, symptoms or major symptoms of underlying urological cancer. So nowadays, if any patient is having uh Hematuria, our main concern uh, is to exclude any underlying cancer or urological cancer, actually. Uh, uh, but definitely, it's not the first line. We are, we are thinking about any urinary tract infection uh, as, a, as, a, as a first line disease. When it has been excluded, then our main aim is uh, to exclude any underlying urological cancer. Uh, I think that is, that that is a good brief for hematuria, what it is and why you are dealing it. If any of our guests uh, want to add something, so so yeah, so normally what happens uh, when they have this kind of symptoms, like patients see some bloods in the urine, sometimes they get stressed and they they inform their primary care like GP. So the GP does some uh, basic test. Sometimes they does some like a blood test to check the kidney function. They do some rapid test. 
they also take some short history from the patients to see actually is there any signs of uh, infection which comes like sometimes they feel like difficulties passing urine sometimes uh, people feels like burning sensation passing urine and which can stay for a couple of days time so after checking the urine uh, the gp starts with the antibiotic normally gives some antibiotics for 5 to 7 days and to see either it settles their symptoms so after the course of antibiotic they again check the urine either any signs of blood in the urine and then uh, as as mahbub said uh, we divide it into two types is a one is the visible hematuria that's the patient see the blood in the urine by themselves the other one is the non visible hematuria so the non visible hematuria is patient is not seeing any blood but when the gp does some test they can see some trace of blood in the urine so again uh, they do the the urine test if they say if they see persistence of blood in the urine then they they refer to the secondary care like to trust under two weeks wet pathway and all of this done actually under nice guideline and uh, nice guideline says uh, if anyone above 45 years if they have visible hematuria gp does some test for the urine and give some antibiotic course if it persists they refer to the secondary care but anyone who is more than 60 years either non visible hematuria or visible hematuria and uh, the infection is not treated by the antibiotic they they refer them directly to the secondary care when they come to us and we see them in the one stop hematuria clinic so uh, this is the clinic i think then ono will speak more about it one one thing i'd like which like if if, um, if the patient is having uh like recurrent urinary traction infection and causing hematuria or either like it's kind of incomplete treated uh, infections is causing persistent hematuria so like at, at which point is gp gonna refer to secondary care uh like if it is like after one treatment after two treatment or after three treatment of urinary tract infections is there is there any guidelines or anything so in my trust i can see uh, normally they do does it for the first for the first course like they do it for the first time for above who who is over 60 years old if it's not settled with the antibiotic course actually at the same time they also look for some other risk factors you can see some risk factors of like smoking and family history of bladder cancers or the patient who have some bladder cancers or any urological cancer in the past they are more susceptible to have uh uh blood in the urine isn't it so so those those patient actually get the priority and even after the first course of antibiotic if it's not settled sometimes they refer directly to the uh the secondary care So I'm assuming sorry sorry can I just how I'm just pick up one thing um as a, as a complete novice but the non-visible version of this how what signs would there be that you've got a problem would it be just passing urine would that be the the thing that you'd go to your GP about yeah non-visible is actually uh is uh, we even non-visible it's uh, we can divide it as symptomatic and non-symptomatic you will have some urinary symptoms with non-visibles and you will get it uh, uh it showed in urinary urine dip test to call uh 
uh, and it will show this uh, presence of blood in your urine. And sometimes it's, uh, it's asymptomatic, but you are having non-visible hematuria, which will show you accidentally. But in like in in some in some extent, sometimes passing blood in the urine uh, is normal. Okay, uh, there's in some range, but it's not always. Uh, um, and and with the non-visible hematuria, as uh, uh, Mohammed said, that you should have treated as a urinary tract infection first. And if it is clearing up, then it's all right. Or it is, if it is coming uh, again and again, even after the uh, uh, infection treat, treated, then uh, we need to go for the further evaluation to uh, exclude any underlying problem. I see. Arnab, you were, you were going to speak up there. Sorry. Yeah, so uh, thank you, everyone, for, for your lovely talk so far. So I think um, for uh, non-visible, Dom raised a good question about symptoms. Like if patients are having non-visible hematuria, how do they get diagnosed of non-visible hematuria? Uh, because uh, as Mahbub correctly said, sometimes they don't have any symptoms. Basically, when uh, think of it like an incidental diagnosis. So when patients come to A&E with any kind of uh, condition, even remotely relating to uh, their tummy, for example, like pain in the abdomen, uh, pain in the upper abdomen, lower abdomen, difficulty passing urine, whatever may be the reason, even, even uh, per rectal bleed, for example, they uh, get an umbrella sort of uh, investigation uh, as per the clinician, uh, um, like as per the local protocol. So in there, there is very commonly, the, the urine test is very commonly done to exclude simple, simple things that may be missed otherwise. So in there, they do urine dipstick test and they might send the urine for uh, microscopy and culture sensitivity. So in those cases, the non-visible hematuria get picked up um, at the first instance and otherwise symptom is we call we call this symptom as lower urinary tract symptoms so these are for example difficulty passing water or uh, feeling of incomplete uh, emptying and uh, like waking up at night to pass urine as in these sort of symptoms um, can be associated with but, but the main common is uh, like frequency urgency or like stinging yeah. and burning when you pee out. This is the most common. Yeah, thing. these are the most common. Exactly. And uh, it, it about the UTIs, the, I think, the, well, the definition, if we look at the definition of recurrent UTIs, it's it said like if you have uh, two or more infections in last six months or three or more in last 12 months, uh, that's called recurrent UTIs. There's a lot of fine prints into it, but that's the broad term. And uh, the GPs can treat recurrent UTIs. There is no 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 guideline saying this should be referred uh, urge, uh, urgently to the to the urology service. But if they feel that they are treating but it's not working, or the patient's symptoms are worsening or persistent after the uh, treatment, they they do refer us uh, the recurrent UTI patients as well. Uh, in the outpatients, not as a two-week wait, but in the outpatients, we see them in, in the in the clinic. Um, 
we were going to talk about so as as uh, um, Mohammed has uh, informed us about the referral criteria so then from from there essentially we we pick up and we kind of take things from there so the GPs identify the risk factors the the history and the the they identify the criteria for the referral and then they fill out a pro forma uh, two-week wait pro forma and then they send the patients to hospital under two-week wait umbrella and ideally we see them in uh, hematuria one-stop clinic if not possible if some trusts don't have them then we see them uh, in two-week wait in the clinic and we kind of do a, um, a history examination basic investigations uh, by this time we expect a urine, a urine analysis and a blood tests routine blood tests to be done already so we we take it from there and and request for uh, imaging and uh, a look inside the bladder with a camera which we call uh, flexible cystoscopy and um, then the treatment the definitive treatment uh, depends on the diagnosis. So hematuria can be caused by a lot of things, including uh, kidney cancer, bladder cancer, prostate cancer. Something can be not sinister. For example, inflammation of the bladder, cystitis can cause cause uh, hematuria. There's a, hand, uh, there's a number of patients who had prostate cancer in the past who had radiotherapy. And those radiotherapy changes can cause bleeding as well without any can any further cancer in the urology traps so these these things um, we need to keep in mind and we need to formulate our management plan from from there essentially uh, even even stones can cause uh, bleeding so so the role of imaging is is very very important um, that's uh, that essentially takes us to the next topic of um, one-stop clinic and it, it what what it is Be, what before, sorry before we get to the one-stop clinic yeah. um you mentioned their local policies yeah which makes me think do policies differ between the trusts do so uh, each of the three of you do you handle this kind of situation in different ways at all well the the difference in handling two-week weight referrals is well the pro forma can be different from trust to trust uh, but the main thing is the patients are getting referred and they get diagnostic tests so there can be fine print for example i i am not aware of exact pro forma of the other two uh, trusts but for example a, in our pro forma there is a column for uh, asking the gp if the patient has been informed that cancer is a possibility and then there is another column saying um, has the patient been informed of cancer in the form of either leaflet or like has the next of kin been spoken to or the carer has been spoken to this this there is a there is a slot for this but maybe in other trusts they don't include it they want urologists to to kind of go over this so there might be some differences here and there but the main the main criteria the main uh, investigations needed those those are not those that's won't the, change that, that, that's the same here like when you see the GP refer later that's uh, we have an option that it should be ticked this is a possible outcome could be a cancer and that is at least little uh, heads up to the uh, patient that's this is a cancer pathway referral so possible outcome 
could be a cancer. So patient uh, getting that heads up. That is that is in our performer. But uh, and, and as as uh, all website that uh, is the same. You know, there's uh, one one patients uh, coming with a hematuria uh, uh, like hematuria pathway. The ways to uh, evaluate patient in two ways. So we in our in our urinary tract system we call the upper tract and lower tract. So the the kidney and a tube coming from kidney joining into the bladder. This is called the upper tract, and the, and the bladder and it's uh, and the tube from the bladder coming outside, which we pee out. We call the lower urinary tract. So to assess this two tract different way. Uh, so for assessing the lower urinary tract, we do the camera things. So we, we can insert a camera all the way down to the bladder and assess by like by visual direct uh, visualization. But for the upper tract, we uh, we can't do uh, the camera test. Uh, it's more invasive and uh, like uh, need a quite theater setups and uh, it's a diagnostic setups. And but that test we do for therapeutic, not for the diagnostic test. It's not appropriate for diagnosis. So that's why we use imaging, either ultrasound or either uh, CT scan with contrast to see that upper tract. Uh, so that that is the that, that is a, uh, is the protocol is the same is all worldwide it should be the same to evaluate uh, any kind of immaturity. Yeah, uh, so I think yes, uh, same like in our trust. It's like a performer, like a tick box. Uh, uh, the the primary practice like a GP they need to fill that tick box, and like a age. Uh, is the patient is on something like blood thinning medication? Sometimes the blood thinning medication also give you some blood in the urine. Age is there any risk factor like smoking or previous history of bladder cancer? Some blood test and also the age. The thing is, it all comes to us like electronic paper, and if and it's been triaged by a triage nurse and by a consultant as well. So if they doesn't fill their criteria, we send them back and it goes to them immediately. And they do those things, do those tick boxes again, and send us back. So it was quite quick, and and I think all of our trust is we we are bound to follow the nice guideline. So 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 it's pretty much like same. And I suppose the whole objective here is yeah. is to see the patient as quickly as possible to it, yes. identify and everything like that. So where does the one stop? clinic come into this? Yeah, so the, the one-step clinic, we, uh, the terminology is like this one, uh, to uh, provide a comprehensive uh, health services to the patients in in, in, in the same day or in, with the same, in, in one appointment or same appointment. That's why it's coming uh, in, in hematuria because, uh, as I said, that's, uh, this is important uh, to exclude any kind of cancer, so the so it should be a bit quick cut than other procedure or other appointment. Uh, so uh, that's why we need. We are, we are nowadays. I think we are uh, we are doing lots of one stop clinics, and I think in future we will be doing more in different aspects, not only the urology and other. Uh, Faculty as well. They sh- they will start, and I should. They, uh, I think they should start as well. Uh, as I said, it, it will be uh, you. Uh, the hospital settings will be like this, and the patient will come in one day, 
uh, and the same day, patient will be will be seen by physicians. So the examinations, history taking, uh, and other other investigations like urine analysis uh, and uh, blood investigations can be sent on the same day uh, from that clinic. And as I said, for hematuria, as we're discussing this one today, we need two kind of, uh, like two evaluating investigation. One is uh, camera test, endoscopy test, and one is imaging. So the same day, patient will come uh, into the morning uh, or afternoon, uh, seen by the urologist, and even uh, uh, even after seeing by the urologist, he can go to the like if it is, if it is the same uh, ground or in the same premise, then he can go to the camera test, the flexible cystoscopy unit we called. So it it can be done on that day very quickly because flexible cystoscopy, you don't need any preparation. It can be done under, under local anesthesia, and uh, it's a very quick test, three to five tests, uh, like three to five minutes of test. It's not like endoscopy we are doing. That that needs a bit more time. But uh, through the urethra or through the uh, water pipe, it's a very quick. Uh, uh, so we, after with, within five to ten minutes, it will be done. And patient can go to the uh, imaging room uh, uh, to have the ultrasound. Uh, and and you know that we don't do. Uh, uh, I think. It, report uh, of this imaging very quickly, uh, but it can be reported verbally to the uh, physicians uh, on that day. Okay, well, that uh, to, just saying that, okay, I, we are concerned about any sinister pathology or not. Okay, uh, now it is just an ultrasound, a kind of jelly scan we do in pregnancy, uh, just to focus on the urinary tract. Uh, and if needs now, now it's a, that that should be the settings of one one stop clinic. As I said, okay, the history done, examination done, uh, immediate blood investigation and urinalysis done, and next endoscopy test, next uh, you know the uh, imaging test done, and then the verbally reported. And sometimes we do CT scan where the ultrasound showed some suspicions. Or sometimes if the patient is having uh, risk factors, uh, more than 45 years old, and a couple of, uh, and more than one risk factors, and we are suspecting uh, that uh, uh, it could be some, uh, it could be uh, some sinister pathology, or patient has the risk uh, 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 to have potential pathology. Then, then in that case, we go for directly CT scan. We don't do. Don't, don't waste our resources or time uh, to do any ultrasound. In that case, uh, that CT scan also can be done uh, in the same day uh, if we collaborate uh, with, the, with the, the radiology department like this. But, uh, the, but the reporting is still needs a bit time. One of the radiology consultants needs to go through that images and uh, possibly I'm afraid that, that that things cannot be done in the same day. And for that reason, uh, we might need uh, another appointment, which can be, which can be uh, if it is a negative, if it is a negative and the, the CT scan didn't show anything, even the camera test didn't show anything, 
that key, that that uh, uh, the next appointment can be done as a t- telephone clinic. But if anything coming out, definitely it shouldn't be an ideal uh, for the telephone clinic. So that sort of setting, we can it can be done to sort out all patients in one day, uh, like with one appointment. And and some patient will need in the second appointment. But uh, I think the, that, that that we can deal with very easily. Uh, like currently, we are waiting for a long. Uh, like we are dealing with long waiting lists, uh, and and, uh, and uh, lots of outpatient burden. So I think these these things uh, can help us to sort out uh, this. This must have this must have massively affected and uh, for the benefited patients uh, this change. I mean, I can see it's a uh, I imagine it's a fairly intensive day to go through for a patient, but uh, but I can see some of the benefits. Can you tell me any other benefits that a one stop clinic might have? The outcome the outcome of this one hematuria clinic is like huge. Uh, it it brings a massive change in providing the service, like in every trust. Uh, is like first of all, if I if I if I speak from the if I tell about the patient's perspective, uh, it is it is less stressful for them because they don't need to attend multiple appointment. Uh, they they sometimes what happen when they are referred by the GP to the to the secondary care they they become really stressed because they don't know actually what's going to happen sometimes in few of the occasions they don't know what's going to happen then they come directly to the one one stop hematuria clinic where where we do some uh, investigation so it's a little bit stre- less stressful for them uh is 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 better from the patient uh from the from our perspective it is good in a sense that we can see the patients directly, takes some short history from them. When you see them, we also assess their status, like how their lifestyle, how they are at home, either they are fit for any further treatment. There's a lots of things like actually we have to address on the same occasion. And if we found anything like some sinister in the bladder, and then we get, give them some ideas about the further treatment and management. So they, they feel little bit more assured that yes it can be treatable so this is one aspect from the trust aspect if i say is 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 reduce the list it's reduce the waiting time it's really a lot because we, we get lots of two week wait referrals normally it takes like not two weeks it takes four weeks to six weeks it's it, it's not two weeks so this is special kind of setups actually helps us a lot and uh, it's also cost effective because you can do lots of things on the same appointment. The trust doesn't need to uh, book another appointment for this patient, and also reduce the listes and waiting time for the for the patient. So yes, it has like broad good outcome for the patients and also a good compliance because uh, people receive treatment early. If it is a cancer, it can be more curable, and it 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 can makes a good good changes in the in the in the treatment perspective isn't it uh, so yes and i think we, we we and from the gp perspective from the gp center to the touch, secondary care center to the one step hematuria clinic once we do those things and find out the the further management for the patient there is lots of audits and qips that 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 can be done in that category. So I think uh, 
Arnob is going to speak about the audits. That'd be great. I was just going to ask where does quality improvement come into this? Yeah, brilliant. Thank, thank you, everyone. Uh, so this whole uh, hematuria one-stop and, and trying to deal with hematuria as soon as possible, this whole concept is quite new. It's fairly new. Uh, so there is obviously a lot of improvements uh, here. As um, Mohammed has said already, that sometimes it takes four weeks uh, to, to get an appointment where the patient has been referred via two-week wait pathway. Uh, this varies from trust to trust. I don't have exact numbers. And we, as 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 urologists, we don't have uh, much to to contribute here. This all depends on the booking office and and slots and all that. So this is kind of dealt with already by uh, some other authorities. But I I well we 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 think that there are a lot of um, rooms for improvement still, and and I think there are some things that we can do to. Um, fine-tune the service even more. So if I talk about... So there, in, in hematuria referral, there are two, two main streamlines. One is where the GP identifies the patient's risk factors or the history and kind of picks up the, the referral criteria first, and then they refer to us. And from there, the second streamline begins whereby we as secondary Special care specialists, we take it further as as needed. So if I'm going to talk about the first streamline here, so the GPs, when they pick up the, the uh, criteria, the referral that the patient is suffering from this, this and this, certain things are already expected from the GP when the patient comes to us. For example, uh, urine analysis for seeing if there is any bug in the urine. Now, this we cannot do in, in a hematuria one-stop clinic because it takes three to five days to grow any bug in the urine. We cannot we cannot do that from our clinic. That's one thing. Blood test, routine blood test, including a, a basic blood, blood count to, to see the number of RBCs, WBCs, platelets, to check if there is any infection. Well, there are some swelling markers in the blood which go up if there is an infection. So that can be checked. Um, if patients are on anticoagulant, their clotting status can be checked, which is very important in urology because if we find something sinister or even suspect something, we are going to plan to intervene. And in any intervention, knowledge of the clotting status and the medications which the patient take as blood thinners, these are very important. So these, these screenings can be done in the GP. Uh, in addition, there are, from, from patient's perspective, Counseling is a major thing that the GPs can already already uh, do from their setting, is that uh, they need to be made aware that cancer is a possibility and, and uh, they can be provided uh, support where there is obvious... So, for example, when the patients do, when the GPs do digital rectal examination and see the and feel the prostate, there are certain feelings of the prostate in which you are kind of sure that the patient has cancer. So we say that if it feels hard, cracky, nodular, these are signs of cancer. Although it's not confirmatory, but it's quite indicative that the patient has cancer. So in these cases, the GPs can uh, counsel them 
in a proper way, so proper sort of way, they they can provide uh, support even preemptively when they before they come to see us. Plus, uh, information about patients' BMI, uh, their performance status, like how uh, active they are, what is their baseline functionality, like do they do gardening, driving on their own, shower on their own, everything, or they're quite limited. So these these informations, the GPs will know much better than we, we do because we don't know the patient, uh, but they have been dealing with the patient all their life, um, all the patient's life, so they know much better. So if they kind of feel out these informations which are already requested on the pro forma, then that would be of fantastic benefit to us um, so we can uh, uh, run some audits uh, focusing on the uh, primarily the appropriateness of the referral uh, which meets the age guideline and and uh, exclusion of UTI and all this and also we can focus on these these small finer prints for example performance status BMI smoking history etc then uh, we can have a look uh, how how we are doing from that perspective and then we can send out uh, leaflets or um, you know hang reminder um, posters in the GP center saying this 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 should be done and and we can audit at a later date to see if there is an improvement there. So there, that's I think that's a good uh, area to focus when when we think about doing a quality improvement project on the referral pathway. Um, Mahbub, would you like to discuss something more from the secondary yeah, center? Yeah, uh, you, the step you you, you discuss is the uh, that is that is the from GP to the secondary care. Institutes where just uh, we just received so that that there is one step one uh, get the referral. I think that that we can do the uh, audit that you said. Uh, that's how how what is the standard of this referral? Uh, even even if it is like the standard uh, is been achieved, but I think these things we need to check yearly. That we are maintaining the standard or not. It's very important and. The initial step of getting uh, a shout from the GP, so it should be it should be always a uh, on on the standard level. So even if- also sorry to sorry to butt in, Mabu. Um, just I forgot to add, uh, like there is some other things as well. So as as uh, Mohammed has mentioned that we are seeing patients with four week waits rather than rather than two week one, but let's say that. A- the referrals are kind of appropriate, anyways. Uh, as as a as a broad practice, we can see. But I think but we can. We, just... we also see there's some uh, some inappropriate referrals. Yeah, and I, I agree I with think you. It's the flows, uh, and that, that's that that's that's the things we we need to fine tune every year, every year, every year. But I think I think in addition to in addition to that, I think if we can make the waiting time shorter as well so for example uh, if we are we are having uh, issues with slots and appointments then we can we can open weekend lists hematuria one stop clinic lists or out of hours hematuria one stop clinic lists to to make that waiting time as as low as possible and bring it down to to equate i think that so this does not involve us to much degree but this is going to be a huge huge uh, leap 
in the right direction if we can involve the management and and uh, request the funding and arrange for these additional clinics and out-of-hour sessions. This would be extremely beneficial. That was the step one you have discussed. That's the step two yeah, yeah, is exactly. from the, uh, like, for step two is on completely on our hand. Uh, this we are seeing the patient doing all the investigations and uh, discussing in uh, appropriate meeting, we call MDT, multidisciplinary team meeting, if needed. To So from seeing the patient to uh, make an appropriate plan or make a definitive plan for the patient uh, is important. Currently, I don't know, in our tr- trust, we are following, that's a, any two-week uh, uh, referral for hematuria uh, should be concluded in 28 days' time. Uh, I'm not sure what is the national guidelines for timeline of this kind of referral for the hematuria at the moment. Uh, but yes, we are following its 28 days time. So we see the patient, we do the investigations, inform the patients, and if need, uh, uh, any, any, any intervention, diagnostic intervention. As I said, uh, if you do the uh, endoscopy, and you find a small bladder cancer, and we don't know anything, or let's say it's small bladder swelling. So we don't know it's cancer or a benign. And if it is a cancer, we don't know the like status of the cancer or anything. So it, it demands some other kind of investigation. So uh, we, we do the biopsy or sometimes resection of the swelling, resection of the tumor, and do the histopathology. Uh, and, we, and after that, we discuss in our multidisciplinary team meeting to get a definitive plan for this. It's it's almost quite the same if we find anything in the scan in the kidney or or down to the uh, tube after the kidney. So it's the same. Uh, uh, So then after that, we discuss in MDT to get the definitive uh, plan, how we are going to treat it. Is it fit for surgery or chemotherapy, radiotherapy? According to the diagnosis, or any nothing to do, uh, just follow up. So it's come this. So that is that 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 is another step. Uh, the, I think the step two uh, to the diagnostic step uh, to get a uh, definitive plan. Uh, and that's we found that uh, there's there's little bit of delay. You know that uh, of getting one step by another. So there is a lots of room. We can work, uh, like we can uh, do audits or QIPs uh, in the in in this step two to improve the service better. The patient got uh, like uh, what we, you used to do, uh, like do the uh, flexible cystoscopy. We found tumor. Okay, then email admin team book for a tumor removal. Uh, okay, then it goes to admin team. And uh, like another one week or two week, and find a date. So you know the uh, 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 the synchronization is uh, was a bit slow. Uh, it wasn't. But I think if we like the, like if we uh, have access or if we collaborate the both in the admin team and the clinicians team. So when the, we are finding uh, one tumor, one, one, one like one swelling or tumor in the bladder, we just we just can get the date on the, on the, on the same, like at, on that moment, okay, we have slots on that day, 
get you the like print the appointment letter, give the patient to it. Okay, we'll come that day, we'll remove, and then next MDT we'll, we are gonna discuss. So the, that's we just expedite these bits. Uh, uh, there's I think we, we every trust or uh, the urology firm needs to work on it. Is how they can uh, expedite their uh, their service. Uh, because we, we, there is lots of bureaucracy, and we we have to work with bureaucracy in a lot like big institution or trust. And but we need to find out the gap between them and how we can work on it. And here is the most important bit: we would do our QIPs and audits uh, to find that step two. And I think you said there will be another steps uh, after step two. Uh, uh, that is called the execution of the definitive treatment. Mohammed is going to discuss about this. That's what is the process and where we can do the QRPs. Yeah, thanks, Mahbub. I think uh, the main purpose of all the audits actually to getting everything right in the first time, isn't it? So, so the Ornov actually mentioned the good things that the one from the GP pathway we have we are doing it every year, so that it run runs fluently. Any other abruption or so anything. So yeah, we in our trust actually also we are doing the audits of like management, like what happens after the flexible or or the one stop hematuria clinic. So there is a lots of issues actually. We find out. Uh, I would I would discuss my experience. The first of all, like all the like if we just need to issue that the. Though we have a big waiting list for the for the patients, normally we don't get the cancers. Like in non-visible hematurias, only five to ten percent people have a cancer, and if it is a visible hematuria, only twenty to twenty-five percent people will have cancers. That's the that's the Oxford says. So we don't get too much cancers from that side, but still we have a good waiting list because there is a backlog. So what's happened? Like uh, we did one audits, uh, which found out from the diagnosis from the one-stop clinic from the up to the having a theater is more than six weeks. It was uh, 45 days in our trust. So we we worked on it. We worked in a audit actually to find out why it is happening. There's a number of issues we have found. The first of which is uh, depends on the bed, first of all. The bed issues because in most of the patients they will be you know the, the guideline says you over 60 years so most of the people will be like 65 80 90 and if we do operation it needs to be done under putting them a proper sleep by anesthesia so it depends either they have some support on the day of the operation if not we have to keep them in the hospital it also depends actually how the operation goes isn't it if the operation is not straightforward, sometimes we have to keep them in the hospital as well. So it's, 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 a, it's a couple of things, actually. It's not about the, the surgeons. It's also about the, the bed issues, also about the list. Either we're getting the good skill, support of surgeons, and also the nursing staffs. Uh, uh, in our trust, we, we, we try to... Uh, uh, we try to do a like extra hour shift, like a weekend list by a consultant and uh, also out of our list to actually to expedite the process. Uh, but again, actually, there are some uh, more, uh, uh, we have found more issues like, uh, there is a issues like uh, uh, funding. 
which is like a like an alarming question, isn't it? We know we know it because uh, even if you want to do some uh, extra list, we have to. You need first of all, you need a consultant urologist who will do the procedure. You need anesthetic who will put the patients on the under sleep, and you also need a uh, you need a theater staff who who are quite pro to to get those things done. You need the whole team, and and actually it's it's. And again, like uh, uh, when I when we spoke to our manager, actually they also need to arrange that fund from the top space, isn't it? Because it's not that straightforward. Uh, in one occasion, we did the audit and we tried to outsource. So outsource in a sense that you will put that NHS cases to the private hospital, and the private hospital will do it. But you you, you will pay them private hospital. But again, it's it's matter of funding, isn't it? Um, it's, it's a matter of funding and uh, still w- w- we are doing it we we, we we reduce the gap like three days uh, doing audit we, we could manage but it's still it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good achievement and we are doing it every day uh, to actually for the beneficial of the of the patients so again uh, sometimes what happened in the in the in the Hematuria clinic, uh, in the one-stop clinic, if you found like sometimes we, we I am from the district level hospital. So some things like if any cancers of the kidney that's being found out from the scan, we need to refer them to the tertiary center like UCLH. Again, it's another discussion, isn't it? Because it takes a good amount of time because UCLH also have their own list on own, own cancers, isn't it? So it depends in lots of factors, to be honest. And we are we, the main the main purpose of the audits and the QRP is so that we can we can shorten that gap and and do something quicker in the safest way for the patients. Which is exactly what it's all about. Absolutely. I, I just want to add on, like, you know, that this is the same thing. Different trusts have different pathway and uh, tertiary and uh, tertiary center and the district general hospital uh, centers have, like it is slightly varies or carved from the uh, like through their own pathway uh, according to their settings and according to the expertise available. So, but 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 you, you know the the steps will be the same. The first steps is from GP referral to the hospital, and second step is in the hospital running the uh, show to get the definitive plan, and third step is. Uh, get the definitive plan executed either at that hospital or in a different hospital according to the expertise. So these two, these three steps, we need we can we can do audits and QIPs to improve that every steps uh, uh, like to expedite or find out the loopholes. As he says, that he is he was struggling with. Funding. So that's if you do the audit, you will find the problem. Why is the problem? That is, is the problem is money? Is the problem is the staff, or is problem is the collaborations? What's the problem? So that that that's the thing we need to find out. Why is the problem at the moment in in, in our part? That's fantastic, and that that's exactly where where audit uh, comes into its own. So we'll wrap up now. But I wonder if you to leave us if you could change one thing about the management of, of hematuria, what would it be? Just one thing that you could change. You've got a magic wand and you can have anything you want in the world. What would it be? Arnab, do you want to start us off? Money. <laughs> I was kind of a, a suspecting that would come into yeah, it. That's, that's, that's the only thing. 
That's yeah, the only yeah. thing I feel like. Uh, then yeah. we can do all sorts of things with that. We can, yeah. as 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 Mohammed mentioned, we we can add lists. We can do out of our lists. We can reduce the waiting times. We can well, the strikes would end, so we yeah. will return. So that's everything. Everything is with money. We can essentially do anything. Yeah, yeah. Like, like if uh, it is that that the things like if you do, you don't need to do. Uh, extra list uh, like the extra whole list in the weekend but if you say if you have the money if you like put two extra case daily yeah yeah fair enough out of hours yeah yeah daily yeah. because you know that most of the things that you you, you know the biopsies uh of the tumor it's the general urological things every consultant can do this uh the, the diagnostic test uh, uh, diagnostic interventions Every consultant can do this. There doesn't need any special expert. Then, if you can add two a uh, two patient every like in every because every every day you are having some list. Okay. So you see, like in in weekly, you you are getting ten cases extra. Well, in 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 one uh ex in weekend uh theater possibly you will be doing. Eight cases. Yeah, yeah. In one one uh, maximum, maximum, maximum eight cases in one day theater. But yeah. if you just put one two extra cases daily. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You should, you're supposed to finish at five, but you are finish finishing at seven. That you need like you need to pay the whole team two hours extra. Oh, yeah. uh, that, but but you are your outcome will be more, more than rather yeah. than doing a weekend and paying more because yeah. you need, in a weekend you are paying more. Uh, and and you are getting eight case, but in a weekday you can pay a bit less because it's so, a weekday, and you, exactly. you get more than, more than uh, the case you are getting in weekend. So it's so basically the philosophy of the one stop clinic, isn't it? But just made slightly bigger. So that, that's that. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Well, I'm going to let you go because I know <laughs> you. you all very busy. Um, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a, an absolute education. It really has. Uh, I'll just say to anybody listening that if they want to join me on a future episode, then I'm I'm always willing to listen and engage with you because this is a platform for anybody out there uh, to use. It's not about us. It, it's about the the things as you just heard about what what you're all doing to 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 improve patient safety and well-being. So uh, as ever, subscribe and, and share wherever you can. And, uh, and we'll be back soon with another episode. So thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, so much, yeah. Thanks thank, a lot. Thank, thank you, you very much. much. Thank you very much thank for you. your help. Thank you for making this happen. Take care.